0: Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No,
1: I am your father. No, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there.
0: G.I. Joe. Have you played Atari today? Just give me my retro. I'm showing that I'm recording I'm recording Okay Are you ready? I'm ready Let's do this Alright Hello everyone and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Retro Nonsense Podcast I'm Duke and with me is my good friend Chris Roberts How you doing Chris? Hey Duke, what's going on buddy? Well, we're starting a podcast. That's what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, imagine that. Well, I guess uh, the first thing I want to get out of the way is to let everyone know that this particular episode is going to be a little different than the forthcoming episodes. We're going to be a little more loose here and kind of use this opportunity to introduce ourselves and talk about our our goals for the podcast and kind of our vision and uh, kind of what we have planned out here So, uh, with that being said, uh, uh, let's, I guess, take a minute here to introduce ourselves a bit more. Um, Chris, why don't you start, I guess, talk about maybe your history with the community, maybe some of your podcast experience, stuff like that.
1: Uh, Well, I've been collecting um, Nintendo games and Atari games, stuff like that, for a long time, and... um, you know, several years ago, probably uh, maybe 2010, 2009, I started a Twitter account, like a lot of people around that time, and at some point I started uh, bumping into other collectors and, um, you know, making friends through through Inst- uh, through Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, and um, at one point me and a couple other friends, uh, we decided to make a little podcast, and, you know, frankly, we didn't know what we were doing. Um I don't think we took it that serious, or at least I know I didn't. I just, you know, we just kind of, I don't know. I wasn't very prepared half the time. And, you know, frankly, I'm probably not as prepared as I need to be today. But um, (laughs) we've done it for a while. And, and um, you know, it was called the NARC podcast. And uh, eventually, um, you know, we kind of just... uh, you know, moved on to other things, uh, you know, uh, the, the one guy, Rip, uh, Jason, he, uh, you know, he started a family and, you know, he didn't really have a lot of time for it. And he kind of got out of the collecting scene and John got a new business and that's NES Payne. He got a new business. And so we really kind of just went away from it. Um, and then, uh, you know, years later, I, I did a little podcast. Well, I guess technically I'm still doing it. We're just kind of on a brief hiatus. Uh, I don't know how long, but um, it's a little uh, reselling podcast. Um, not to get too deep into it because it's kind of, you know, it's just it's about as boring as it sounds. but um, me and my friend Derek, we do that. And when I say boring, I don't mean Derek. I just mean if you're not into reselling, you probably won't care as much. Um, so we uh, we do a little we 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 kind of go over some ins and outs of YouTube or not YouTube, but eBay and uh, you know, buying and selling things to uh, fund our collections. and uh, so, that's kind of what we do. Um, you, you know, I'm on Instagram. That's, that's usually where you can find me the most, uh, CWR two, just the number two and the same thing on Twitter. So that's usually where you're going to find me hanging out. And that's, uh, where I met Duke is through Twitter. So yep. met you through uh we had a, a mutual bunch of friends and a, this group called the Cartridge Club. Um it was just basically a bunch of like minded collectors, gamers, stuff like that. Uh a website was created, a little community uh came out of it, and um that's how I met you, uh on Twitter and, and through your YouTube channel.
0: Yep. Yep. So I've been um I've been actively involved in the community, I guess, for about ten years or so. Um uh, like you said, I, I got initially involved in the community through the Cartridge Club and still in, am actively involved with them and enjoy a lot of their content and podcasts and YouTube. And um, I did start a YouTube channel. Um, I guess it's been eight or nine years ago. And uh, my initial, you know focus was doing the channel with my children so my earlier episodes it's you know me and my three children you know just being silly it did some skits some music videos and some silly stuff like that so you fast forward till uh, today and my three teenagers <laughs> have a real interest in dancing around the yard with daddy and making silly videos so my channel has grown into something different where it's primarily just me doing um some playthrough videos, some console repair videos. Um and you know, most prominently my Stuck in the 80s series um which is a a little series that I started um where it's 80s oriented content and it's just kind of silly skit stuff. But I really enjoy it. It's a good creative outlet for me. Um and it's that's been on a bit of a hiatus as well. Um I haven't done an episode in a couple of months. And it's not done. I just um, with covid and everything else and my the lifestyle change with having teenagers now it's just harder to find time to do the filming and the writing and the editing and stuff like that
1: well, well so, it can't
0: be done you don't want to be
1: like voyagers and you know have bog and jeffrey stuck in the time because the series <laughs> got canceled
0: <yeah. laughs> you know what I mean you have to finish the series it, yes. at some point
1: you know what yes, I mean? you yes. got to
0: oh it, you got to continue it it's not done it's it's just been uh, i've had a hard time Conjuring up, I guess, that creative spark um, recently. Again, mainly due to just time restraints, honestly. But that kind of brings us to where we are now with this endeavor. And um, I guess we could talk about how we got to this point uh, together, Chris, in making a podcast. To be honest, this, this is weird for me. This was never on my radar to do. I was never... I never thought in a million years I'd I'd do a podcast, Um, just because, you know, there's a sea of podcasts out there. A lot of them have similar content, even within our own community. We have, like, gosh, a dozen-plus podcasts, and they're all just fantastic. So I never really could imagine myself in in that mix. But what really drew me to this idea wasn't that I wanted to do a podcast, it was that I wanted to do something with you, Chris, because our friendship has really kind of grown over the last couple of years. You're like the only person in the community that I ever really talk to on the phone regularly and text with regularly. And man, our our conversations are just so fun. And so many things would come up and it just was like gold. So that's really, I didn't want to let that slip through my fingers and not do something with it. So it just kind of hit me one day. I was just like let's let's do some I wanted to do something collaborative and obviously something on YouTube would be complicated and and just not a good idea. So really, podcast is the most sensible thing to do. So that's really what drove me to this idea was I just wanted to do something with you. Well, and you know it's it's
1: um it's funny that you say that because when you had sent me the text, uh, you know, was something to the fact with uh, or it was kind of like um, hey, man, I I wanted to talk to you about something. And I was thinking to myself, and I I don't know why, but the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, I wonder if he's going to want to do a podcast. And I almost (laughs) responded with, do you want to do a podcast? But... (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. I didn't want to respond like that. And then it'd be something serious. You know what I mean? (laughs) Then I would feel really stupid. So, uh, so I was just like, yeah, you know, what's up? And then when you had said that, I was like, dude, that's exactly what I was thinking you were going to say. And of course I'd want to do one because, um, you know, like you had mentioned, I mean, we have a lot of things in common. I mean, it's a friendship that's built on focusing on the things that we have in common. You know what I mean? Which I think are always the best kind of friendships. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we we're both about the same age. We grew up around the same time. So we have a lot of similar experiences with, uh, you know, just growing up during that era and uh, the pop culture, um, the toys, the the shows, you know, all the things, the, the fashion, everything that went on during that time. We have a lot of similar uh, experiences. So I think it'd just be fun to talk about. And, I, and obviously you thought the same way or you wouldn't have shot me yep. that text. So,
0: <laughs> So here we are. And the similarities uh, are uncanny at times. I mean, so, I can't tell you how many times we've been talking and, and just light bulbs were going off. Like, oh my gosh, I had the same experience, or I, that was my favorite show too, and whatever. It's just, just really um, uh, kind of gelling together over the last, you know, like I said, couple of years or so. So I just didn't want to let that go. I, I wanted to do something with it, and I've been feeling eager to get back into something creative, and honestly something fresh and new is exciting to me um tinkering with new apps and new technology and just doing something fresh and new in and of itself has got my creative juices flowing and has me excited well and a funny thing is is i've had this mic for uh
1: i don't know probably since 2014 15 maybe uh, probably around that time and um this is the first time I ever heard what it can actually sound like because this is the first time I recorded in GarageBand and I had headphones on, kind of hearing my audio played back to me. So I was messing with uh, all the little settings, and you know, I was feeling like Howard Stern for a minute, um, <laughs> except without the paycheck.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. So I guess next we'll talk about kind of our our mission and what our ideas are for this particular podcast. Um, We do want to try to stand out um, because there are so many in our community that we could never, in my opinion, come close to competing with, and that's not what we're trying to do is jump in there and and be another one of those podcasts that are going to have some of the same listeners. Um, So we do want to try to stand out, not in standing out as being better, but standing out and just being different. So we're not going to be a free-form chit-chat kind of just... Talk about what we've done for the last week or so. Podcast. We're going to try to stay focused and have a a kind of like a topic-oriented discussion that's pretty formatted, and we're going to try to keep it pretty concise and pretty tight. I'd say I think we're going to shoot for what thirty to fifty minutes per episode. Is that yeah? That's that's kind of what
1: we we were hoping for, something like that. We we're not trying to make this a chore to listen to because I mean we are just like you guys. We have about. Or at least I know I do. I have about 20, 30 podcasts in the queue. And (laughs) if I don't listen to them right away, I typically don't go back. So we don't want to make it a chore. Um, We're looking for maybe like a once a month kind of thing. At least that's what we're shooting for now, once a month. And, um, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, if we ever go along, it's not going to be much. And that's just really what our goal is.
0: Yeah, and at its core, we're going to try to stay fun, lighthearted, and just entertaining as possible right
1: you're not gonna hear we're we're not here for politics we're not here for drama there's enough of that on twitter (laughs) if you want that just log into twitter it's all there we're we're just looking to we're basically here we're gonna be primarily it's gonna be a lot of focus on 80s culture but uh, obviously some 70s is gonna bleed into that some 90s is gonna bleed into that but that's really what we're kind of focused on is that era of you know pop culture and the things that that you know are meaningful to us uh you know primarily gaming and you know entertainment
0: yeah so that being said i mean at the core i guess the content um and you know the main things that chris and i bond over are things like atari and nes and star wars you know the original trilogy and things like that, and you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of our community um, is younger, and talk talk a lot about the modern gaming systems, which personally I have no interest in. You're not going to hear any talk of the PS5 or Xbox, whatever it's called. I,
1: I don't even know what the new name is. There's so many letters. Just new Xbox. <laughs> Can you imagine, yeah, I mean, that to go off on a tangent, but can you imagine sending your mom in this era? Back then, we're just like, yeah, I want a Nintendo. <laughs> she had two choices. Maybe even when the Game Boy was out, there was three. Now it's like uh, <laughs> Xbox S, Xbox One, Xbox S1. You know, I don't know. It's insane. So um, we're going to keep it simple. We're focusing on the things that, you know, we are more uh, passionate about.
0: And it's not, not to be talking about the newer stuff with derision or anything. It's, no, um, I actually like you know, it myself, but I mean, there's enough channels to fill
1: that void.
0: Yeah, and I, I have fun watching my children. They have the Nintendo Switch, and they're into the PC stuff, and, you know, it, it's, it's great. I love it, but I, I, I want to focus on what you and I bond over, and that's things like Atari and things like, you know, toys from the 80s and commercials and tech cartoons and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of, I guess, at the core uh, of what we're going to be discussing on the podcast. Yep, that's it. After these messages, we'll be right back. Saturdays on ABC. <laughs> It's all new adventures Let me at with Scooby and Scrappy-Doo. Then, an all new adventure series with Fundar the Barbarian, Princess Ariel, and Ookla in a great new show, followed by the cleverest cat in town Heathcliff and his friend Dingbat with his crazy pals, and Plastic Man and his little son Baby Plaz in an all new Saturday morning. <laughs> So I guess uh, to segue into a, a bit of a mini topic uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about you know because this is kind of at the core of the podcast as well as nostalgia and why it means so much to to you and I and how maybe it's different with uh, how we approach it than other people approach it because it seems that way uh, to me so I always thought it would think it's interesting how nostalgia affects Everyone differently, you know. Some people it's just a little warm feeling that washes over them, or oh, hey, I remember that. But for me, it's way, way more than that. It's a very, very potent and powerful thing that is more than just a casual emotion. Um, so much so that it's it's a big part of my identity. And uh, it sounds kind of weird, and some people might question that, but uh, that's just the reality of it for me. It's not just a a you know, this stuff that I do, I don't consider really a hobby. It's, it is really a part of my lifestyle. It's really at the core of my being, without sounding too cheesy. <laughs> well, no, because, it, I mean, you're being honest. It's,
1: I mean, I, I agree with you. It's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, I've had a lot of friends who were NES collectors and who sold it all out when they thought it was peaking or whatever, but I've never looked at these games as an asset. I never looked at them as a commodity. I, I bought the games because I wanted them. When I started collecting NES games, I mean there was no eBay. There wasn't a price charting. Like rarity lists weren't even really a thing. Um, I mean, I guess maybe somewhere on the internet there were, but I didn't know about it. I mean, I didn't really know about the complete list until like 2009. You know, like uh, my the only way I knew of games I'd never seen before is either coming across them or um, a local game store. BRE software, they used to have a price sheet and they would be sitting on their counters and uh, that way they didn't have to keep answering your question on how much a game costs and they would update their price sheet monthly. So when you walked in, you can grab a Hmm. price sheet and you can look at it and then you can see the different... um, you could see the different prices of the games, and every now and then you would see something you never heard of. Um, sometimes they'd have it in stock, sometimes they wouldn't. But then you can you could kind of make a guess. I mean, being like I was a baseball card collector as a kid too, so you knew kind of when you came across one uh, you'd never seen before that it had to be more valuable. Um, as a kid, I didn't think of it in terms of money. I just thought of it as in terms of uh, like it was. You know more valuable, like it was like uh something I cared more about because you know I'd never seen it before, I didn't have 10 of them, I only had one of them, so it was a, a little more special. So, when I would come to a game store and I'd see something out of the ordinary, uh, typically I'd pick it up, even though initially my goal wasn't really to ever have a complete set, it was more to um, just get the games I used to have, get the games that I wanted to have, and you know, maybe sequels I didn't hear of or stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, but the collecting aspect to me or even just, you know, you know, I guess it kind of goes beyond just, you know, quote unquote collecting because, um, you know, these things are just kind of part of, you know, I mean, it does sound cheesy to say it, but they are kind of part of who I am. I mean, I couldn't imagine getting rid of them, uh, even when I've been at a part where I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was like broke, but you know, yeah, know, maybe money was tight a little bit. I never looked at him like, well, I could sell that. You know, it was just like, well, I got to do something to make more money or something else. You know what I mean? Like, this, this has never put me in right. a bad spot money-wise, but I've never thought of it to get out of either. You know what I mean? This is always just something that I mm-hmm. had that when I bought it, I bought it because I wanted it. I had no intentions on getting rid of it. And um, even some of these quote-unquote bad games or whatever, uh, and I know this is more, more game talk right here but we're also into toys and other things like that but um just focusing on the games aspect even stuff like that i never thought oh this game sucks let me get rid of it i just thought oh well okay so maybe i'll just play it never not maybe not play it that much but it's still cool to have you know what i mean Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and you know it's um i remember nes complex said once that his um initial goal was to get every game he had as a kid and then he kind of expanded from there. And I, I had a very, I still have a very similar approach to my collecting. I i am not a collector by nature. Like, you are, I think. Like, you you have collector, like, in your blood, right? Would yeah. you say that? Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started with, like, marbles and Star Wars figures. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I think every time I've gotten into something that really meant a lot, I kind of wanted
0: more of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas my, my focus is more nostalgia-driven, I think, than yours, maybe. Or at least that's... The, I, well, well, I, well, I think it's... I, to me, it's
1: a combination, which is probably a little more
0: uh, yeah. intense. or, or it's, it's a little more costly
1: when it's nostalgia <laughs> and... Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's, it's actually both. I mean, the thing about these games, I look at these games and I think especially my nes set when i look at that i think man if my 10 year old self or 12 year old self or whatever had this you know like how amazing that would have been you know what i mean yeah so part of it is almost like buying those games for that kid who never had them or i don't know i mean that might be a little deeper in retrospect than actually in the moment but um it, it is something to behold um, I really enjoy what I have. I, I still get that thrill when I come across, um, an Atari game that I, I didn't have or an, uh, or a manual for, I mean, a piece of paper, you know what I mean? Like it, I get so much joy out of that, you know, when I can add that to the collection or, um, or even, even coming across things I didn't even know I wanted. Sometimes, you know, I just, I come across like a, something I didn't even know existed, like a sign or or some random controller. And then it's just like, man, it, it especially when you can get something cheap, it just feels like such an accomplishment. It really is very rewarding for me, anyway.
0: Yeah. And really what made me think of this topic um, was almost just in response to some of the, I guess, notions out there. Like, you know, we talked about this. Um, some of our friends in the community, you know, are doing purges and they sell off some of their stuff and they're just kind of moving on to something else. And you and I are look at each other like I would never do that. You know, I just can't yeah. ever imagine ever doing that because I guess this stuff has a different effect on me. And uh, yes, I have games in my collection that I didn't have as a kid um, and stuff like that. But primarily, it's still like you said. It's it's now I have this library in my room here that I can I can pick out games that maybe I used to want to have and never got a chance to get and stuff like that. So, uh, I just think it's interesting how everyone has a different approach to their... Number one, they're collecting. And number two, how how powerful, I guess, nostalgia is and how much that means to them. Um, well, right.
1: And I never really thought of uh, anybody's approach as right or wrong. I mean, obviously, people do whatever's best for them. Um, I just... Uh, I'm with you. When I hear that term, purge, it's like a it's like a bad word in my house. You know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't <laughs> imagine purging um the i mean i don't don't even understand the concept of why that's such a good thing like um but if it makes you happy go for it but to me i enjoy my collection i enjoy you know whether it's uh my star wars figures or my nes games or whatever um these are things that i enjoy um it brings me happiness. You know, they there's that old adage where like uh, the things you possess end up possessing you. I've never felt that way. You know what I mean? Like I always felt yeah. like it just enriched my life and not uh, and not detracted for it in any way.
0: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I mean, it it could be also like my my collecting over the years has been a very slow burn. I I never. You know, like financially, there was never any like a spending spree of any sort. I would just pick up a couple games here, a couple games there at conventions or retro shops. So I was never like spending tons of money or collecting rapidly to where I got overwhelmed and thought, what am I doing with my life? You know, what is all this stuff? You know, it was never that. It's always been a very casual, kind of slow. And I, I kind of did that on purpose. I never wanted to, for lack of a better way to put it, blow my load all at once. I wanted to kind of you know, have this have this be a lifestyle, and and never. I still have fun. I found an NES game the other day. I, you know, I still am picking up NES games that I haven't you know had a chance to find yet. So um, I'm still having fun retro hunting to this day. And a lot of people are kind of past that point. And um, I really don't ever want to be past that point. No,
1: you're right. There's definitely a, a burnout that can go in when I always refer to it as hyper collecting. I would see a lot of these new. You know, like new collectors would come on the scene, and um, and it happens all the time. Now it's a little different. I'm seeing a lot of investment collectors, so they're not really in it for emotion; they're in it for investment, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a different thing. But um, you know, I kind of go back to like 2013 through about 2016. That range, I use, I would just. It almost felt like once a month there would be like this new guy popping up on Instagram or Twitter. And, um, he would just be just showing like this. Oh, I've got, I added like 20 more games. I added 30 more games. And then all of a sudden it's like, not all of them, mind you, but then there's some of them be like, yeah, I, I got a you know big uh, car broke down, so now I got to sell all this stuff, and and you know, and it's and it's and it's kind of hard to watch because now you see the reverse process, and of course, you know a lot of those times when you're um, rushing into deals, you're not quite getting the best price, uh, and then when you're trying to sell, um, you're not quite getting exactly what you paid either. Sometimes it works in your favor, but not all the time. Um, so yeah. that that was one of those pitfalls. That was one of those things that I always kind of turned me off from the scene, but. Um, I usually surrounded myself with people, at least in my collecting groups, and I consider you in that. Um who is more about it for the passion of it? Uh, enjoyed it, you know, you know, we have a few other friends who, have very similar passions. And, you know, every now and then you're going to go on a rush where you're, you're buying a little more than normal, or maybe you pick up a big lot, something like that. But, um, I always suggest to people, at least if you're going for it, go for the stuff that truly makes you happy. Cause if you're not into like set collecting, which not everybody is, and I can totally understand that it takes up a lot of space. And if you aren't into it, that passionate it's going to it is going to bug you eventually you it's going to be a waste of time and money so just focus on the things that you really like and, and that would be my advice you know so if you're into the NES go for the key titles that you want uh, don't worry about the the super rare and expensive titles because they're probably not going to fulfill you as much as you think they are when you do finally get
0: them yeah and just to reemphasize the the point of this discussion for me wasn't to talk about the right way to do something in the wrong way or right. anything like that I, just yeah, think it's, I, I might it's, have got up on a tangent no, no I'm just I'm, I just think it's interesting to, to look at the different approaches to collecting and what it means to people um, it, it's interesting um, not not to ever say that there's a right way and a wrong way um, as long as it's you know a healthy thing and doesn't interfere with your life or relationships or your finances then however you collect um, is is your prerogative. Um, and I, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to come across as some kind of a, you know, a gatekeeper, as they say, or a purist, or whatever, and come come across as judgmental. Um, but no, I, just, I do find the topic very interesting. It's just neat to see the different approaches. These are
1: things that, you know, like that I've carried on from childhood, and like some of these games I've had for a very long time. And uh, some of them I had as a kid and for whatever reason got rid of them when they didn't mean as much or at least I thought they didn't mean as much. And then as you get older and you look back on these things, um, you decide you need them. I mean, there is I mean, every era has this kind of thing. There's guys who were into, um, you know, those train sets, you know, boomers or whatever they were, you know, Uh going back and buying all those uh, Lionel trains and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, stamp collectors or whatever they used to do it with their dad. So when they got older, they want to do it. So there's there's all kinds of hobbies. But to me, this has always been a little more than a hobby. I mean, a lot of times I'll I'll refer to it as a hobby only because it's just easier for people to digest when you say it that way. Um, exactly. It's a lot more it's a lot more complicated to explain to someone who doesn't collect. You know what I mean? If if they're not into collecting or they're not into you know you know the having these kind of things. Or they don't they don't appeal to them. I mean, like some people would look at a CRT, for instance, and think of it as a waste of space and a junk. But that's the only way I'll play my retro games is on a CRT, and yeah. they're super nostalgic for me. I mean, just just Same. the noise they make when the the TV turns on is is something. Even the static noise has a a burst of nostalgia for me. I mean, yeah. You know, I grew up in an era, and so did you, when, you know, there was a time where the TV channel went off the air. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Remember, they would play the Star Spangled Banner at the end of the night, and then it would go to static for three or four hours, and then you had to go find another channel, and usually it was just infomercials or something. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia with this stuff, and, I mean, it goes beyond um, just the possessing of it aspect. I mean, it's just... uh, you know, it's just something yeah. that has a lot of meaning to me, and I know to you as well.
0: Yeah, and it's you know, again, this discussion is partially also in response to, just to kind of, uh, I guess, give a different angle to some of those that would say that I've seen people like post on social media, if you think you know this hobby is that important, then you need to reevaluate your life and you know get a <laughs> right. life and all like. We, we get it. I mean, you and I are responsible adults. We have families. Oh, of we have a careers. We, yeah. we understand priorities. That's... You know, we we definitely I think can both see that yes, in the at the end of the day, this is just stuff, and it's not really important um in right. the grand scheme of life. If if it came down to a choice, then there is no choice. Obviously, yes. family's
1: first. Obviously, your career comes first. Obviously, you know that that goes without saying. But I I'm not in a life where I have to make a choice like that. Some people right. are, you know what right. I mean. But that's not a life that I I live. I don't have to make a choice. Right. People in my life accept this. They like it, too. You know, it's yeah. not something that there doesn't have to be a choice.
0: Yeah. And going back to, again, I guess for me at its core, this is primarily nostalgia driven. And I guess I have to also, I guess, define nostalgia, what it means to me. Because for some people, like I mentioned before, nostalgia is just a casual, brief emotion. Um, but for me, it is is—it is absolutely um, way more powerful than that, and I guess the way the best way I could describe it is, it's like it's like my preferred form of escapism. You know, some people like to read a fantasy novels or to play D and D or watch, you know, delve into movies and all that kind of stuff, which I enjoy all that stuff too. But um, chasing that nostalgia is is by far the most, uh, I guess, um, uh, effective way for me to escape out of this. Very harsh world that we find ourselves in now, <laughs> with not just with with go, what's going on out there in the world, but just you know the realities of life with finances and kids and everything else. Um, I find the most, I guess, reprieve in 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 falling back into my childhood, and others don't. You know, I find it interesting. My brother, who lived in the same house, was raised by the same parents, who watched the same cartoons. He's only he's only two years younger than me. He has no interest in this stuff. He could care less. He might see a if I put on a you know a GI Joe cartoon, he probably just wouldn't even notice it. And I'd be like, oh, I remember that the music, oh, those laser sounds, you know, that all brings me back. And it just does nothing to him. So, I think part of it is the way our brains are wired, just the way we're you know our makeup, and part of it is our our experiences, which I guess is the next thing for me is you know I was 10 years old in 1985, so not to be not to think I'm something special for that because I didn't decide when I was born and and all that kind of stuff but I think that is that was a special time I think Um, there was so much going on in 1985 pop, pop culture wise with the NES and the the serials and the cartoons and kind of that new commercialized childhood that we found ourselves in with the tie-ins and the toys and the cartoons and the movies and all that kind of stuff. That was all kind of brand new right right around that time. And being a pre adolescent child, right around ten years old, it was the timing was just it was hidden, you know, just right. So I think it was just a very powerful time uh, to be inundated with all those colors and sounds and new sounds. Like, the you know, video games is like a brand new type of sound. And cartoons in the 80s were different than they were in the 60s and 70s. So everything was kind of new and, and exciting. And to be a young child at 10 years old, I think, during that time, um, had, a, had a big effect on me. Especially given some of my personal experiences. Um, you know what what happened. Now, I guess I'll talk about this real quick too, because this is uh, this is why I think one of the reasons why I think nostalgia is so uh, ha, has such an effect on me compared to maybe some other people. So you know, I had a really good family. I had a great childhood growing up. I was one of four kids. They, you know, I was kind of teased that I was in the Brady Bunch because we had a big old station wagon and we all went to McDonald's once a week and went to church every Sunday and just kind of had this little fairy tale childhood. And it, you know, it was comfortable. It was, it was uh, structure. It was, it was a very good time for me. I have no, you know, bad memories from my childhood. It was very safe, had good parents. And then my father died when I was 16 years old. And right around the same time he died, I met my wife, Uh, at 16, and you know, I have this very defined line from my childhood. I was instantly kind of thrust into adulthood because of my father's passing. So I have this very defined kind of almost like looking, thinking back to my childhood is almost like thinking back to like a dream. It's almost like this thing that almost didn't happen, but it's like, it's hard to explain. So because I think of of how quickly I was thrust into my adulthood and got a girlfriend and everything just kind of stopped, that my childhood is almost a separate thing than my adulthood, if you, if that makes any sense. So I think those life you know, experiences yeah. really kind of made nostalgia what it is for me. And um, as I get, again, as I mentioned, but the differences between my brother and I, Obviously, are just the way our brains are wired. So those two things combined just make it something that is just. It seems to me, anyway, that it's a little more meaningful to me than it is maybe for some other people. But it seems like you have a very similar approach.
1: (laughs) Well, right. I mean, the weird thing is, is we've had like completely different childhoods. I came from a smaller family. My brother uh, wasn't born till I was 11, so it was almost like complete different, you know, we didn't have a childhood together. Um, my parents split up when I was young. Um, it wasn't, uh, not a, what was me kind of thing, but it definitely wasn't a Brady Bunch family. Um, but even during the turmoils and stuff like that, um, there was like a, a constant, whether it was, you know, um, entertainment, you know, I grew up in a generation where, there was these things called a latchkey kid. I don't know what they refer to them as now, but uh, (laughs) now you would get the CPS called on you if you let your kid have a key to the house and come (laughs) home. But I was a latchkey kid in like second grade. I had my own key to the house. I'd walk home, um, make myself something to eat, and turn on the TV and watch cartoons. And, you know, so that was the entertainment. And as soon as cartoons would go, uh, would be over, I'd go outside and play with friends. And, um, you know, if we weren't riding bikes, we would be playing with uh, Hot Wheels or... Or Star Wars, G.I. Joe, things like that So there's definitely um, a comfort with a lot of these things It does it does bring back a lot of memories Even, you know, despite of maybe some of the turmoil that was going on um, These things always brought happy memories Because, I mean, you get them for Christmas You know, I associate you know, a lot of the things that I got with my grandparents. And they were a real constant in my life. And um, they were definitely the ones who usually um, bought me the nicest present. And, well, they were the ones who bought me the nicest. That, that usually... So I always associated happiness with them. And a lot of the way they expressed their love, or at least my grandmother, um, was through gifts. I mean, she obviously loved me and hugged me and stuff like that. But that was one of her... She was a gift giver. So... I would get gifts from her and it would be surprise gifts. Like I didn't even know it wouldn't be my birthday. She was coming over to take me and my mom shopping and she had just happened to pick up a Star Wars toy. I mean, just randomly because like no rhyme or reason, you know. So things like that, you know, has like this real strong emotion um, beyond just the possession of it. You know what I mean? I look at... Um, my luke skywalker figure and first thing that comes to mind isn't you know uh the actual you know luke hamill or the movie it's my grandmother giving that to me you know what i mean me playing with it um when she got me yoda you know like uh, the fact that you know i was reenacting the the scene from empire strikes back you know i found a little rock and you know it's just stuff like that um, so there's like this, a, a more of an emotional connection to a lot of these things than just, um, this possession aspect that a lot of collectors or people who do the similar things, a lot of it is for that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what it means to them. And that's totally cool. But this is kind of probably where me and you, like, even, uh, we were talking a little bit the other day and you had mentioned how, um, you know it, being that you had a lot of cousins you would get like hand-me-downs and sometimes it'd be their toys or their atari games so i'm assuming when you get a box in the mail for me uh, with atari games in it i mean it probably <laughs> yeah. brings you back to whenever uh your mom or you know when your mom or your dad or whoever came home and said oh yeah you know cousin whatever gave you these so for um, sure
0: for sure yeah
1: so it's you know, it just goes beyond that. But, I mean, that's kind of probably what's driving this podcast. I mean, we're not going to have long stories like this. This isn't really the goal. This is kind of just like a kind of who yeah. we are kind of thing. Um, from this point on, we're, we're going to try to stay focused
0: on the topics at hand. But, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, But it's good that It's good to see where we're coming from with it. And it's obvious that, you know, we're, we're talking like deep psychology here, which I'm no expert on. But... It is, I think, um, you know, I just, it sounds like both of us, to me, at least I would say that for me, this is a healthy, uh, it's a healthy coping mechanism for me. This is my escapism, as I mentioned, um, and this hobby uh, or this lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, um, is never a crutch. It's never a point of division between my spouse. It's only ever been a good thing. Not just for me, but even for my family. My wife and I go to conventions, my kids get involved. Mm-hmm. It's been a very, very positive all the way around thing. So there's a bit of a stigma, I think, uh, with collectors or people that have a room like I have here that's right. you know, almost like, what is this, some kind of a crazy person a hoarder, or something? You're a you're a pack right. rat, you're compulsive. <laughs> But but for me, I really feel like this is like good medicine for me. This is this is one of the things that helps me cope with with reality. And I again, you and I are both responsible adults. We we keep things right. in check. We Absolutely. understand that, like I said, this is just these are just toys. This is just plastic. But really, underlying all that is really something very personal, very emotional, and very important uh, to me. Um, and it, it is stuff, but it's stuff that has a, a connection. To a really good time And um, going back to that time Is what really brings me joy And helps me deal with uh, you know, Reality Yeah
1: and every time I um, Share my joy Especially my Mario Duck Hunt collection I get uh, told that I live <laughs> in my Mother's basement or <laughs> I got mental illness which I actually Find very entertaining and enjoy Retweeting that and, and uh, Posting it in my Instagram stories
0: Well, I've known you long enough, Chris, to reassure everyone who thinks that, that you are a very grounded and kind and normal person, (laughs) Yeah, despite what it looks like when you're Instagram.
1: I I think it's hilarious because... um, Uh, I don't know, maybe it's, okay, for instance, with my Instagram, it is one dimensional, I don't, it's not something I put pictures of my family with, if I go on a trip, or I do something with my children, or something like that, that's not something that's going to go on there, because that's not That's not what I use that for To me, it's like a journal Of my hobby, my enjoyment The the things that I like Right? So that's what it is So to an outsider, maybe they think that's all I'm about Or all I care about And honestly, I don't really care what they think I mean, I had an article written on me in the you know, um, the title was "One Man's Ridiculous Collection" or something like that. You know what I mean? And, and I thought that was the funniest thing. You know what I mean? And even reading yeah. the article, it's self-deprecating. I know, I know what people think, and I don't care. You know, like right. to me, it's for fun, and um, I, I enjoy it. Especially when I find someone like you who's passionate. I got another friend, Dano. He's very passionate about it. You know, I got other friends who I've met through the community. I've met some of the nicest people, and lifelong friends that I think are lifelong friends and that go beyond just these things, you know, like, right. yes, maybe that's what brought us together. Um, you know, our mutual friend, Curtis, we hang out is, you know, it's not as often since, you know, the pandemic or whatever, but prior to that, you know, we hung out at least, you know, he lives in a, a LA. I live in Fresno, but we would hang out, you know, four or five times a year. And when we did, we rarely would talk games, even when we went to a convention, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's not something that it might've been what brought us together, but it isn't necessarily what bonds us, you know? And, um, that's what I, I've, I'll always be, um, you know, appreciative, uh, for, for the hobby in that regards, because, you know, like, I, and I know this is going to sound strange, but back into like around, I don't know, 2010, I stumbled across the, a YouTube channel and I was looking to repair an NES console. Cause at the time, um, I was looking to make some extra money and I knew I can, I knew they were, I knew they weren't that hard to repair. And I felt like, Hey, you know, maybe I can buy these for cheap and repair them and sell them for a little bit more. So I looked up a video and then I went down this rabbit hole of, AVGN and game chasers and NES comp and all these different channels and I was like I had no idea people were out doing the same thing I was doing you know what I mean and it's it's crazy I don't I mean I don't know how I missed it but um it might have been 2009 but whatever it was it was around that time and you know I hadn't been going to swap meets for years and uh rarely did I know that you know I, I thought I was the only maniac buying this stuff, so it is kind of fun to know that other people are into it. Other people get the same enjoyment out of it. Uh, I hear a lot of people, even in their podcasts or even in their posts, you know, you you could tell the people who are genuinely passionate about it, and and uh, and it's 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 uh, interesting how even though a lot of us come from different backgrounds, we have a lot of the similar, you know, the same feelings in regards to you know these things or you know vhs tapes or old movies or old cartoons or even old commercials you know there's like this thing that bonds yeah. us and it's yeah. uh and that's what we hope to kind of get from this podcast is to find people who are bonded by some of these old things and we can all go down memory lane
0: together and kind of exactly it. and that's a great point that's another positive element of our what looks like a crazy hobby is that the the friends that we've met over the years i can i can say that i've met dozens and dozens of people uh over the years a lot of them i call friends and i uh communicate with regularly and have been good to me have given me things have talked to me i mean i, I can't even begin to list the people that i'm appreciative of uh in the community and. Uh, so, and I, for someone like me, who's a bit of a, I, I wouldn't say I'm socially awkward. I guess a little bit I am. I, I'm not the, the most outgoing person. I find it more comfortable to oftentimes make friends in this way. Um... And I know it sounds, some people would scoff at me calling people friends that I've never met. Well, some of them, a lot of them I have met. Um, but I've never met you, Chris. And you and I are on opposite ends of the country. You're in That's California. Right. I'm in Maryland. And we've never met. We will one day. But you're well, definitely a friend. You know, you're without Absolutely. a doubt a good friend. So, Absolutely. um I, I think that is another side of this crazy hobby that um, you could definitively say is is a good thing and it is a a healthy, a healthy thing.
1: I agree a hundred percent.
0: So there you have it. We've psychologically broken each other down. (laughs) Neither one of us cried. So that was good. (laughs) And we didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Good, good therapy. So I guess that in a nutshell is, is really, uh, it's us and that's what we're about. That is kind of, uh, the, the underlying, I guess, foundation of what we want to do with the podcast and, and, uh, I hope that we get some listeners, and uh, uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, that means I, I was able to figure out how to get it out there and and put it on Podbean and Apple, whatever it's called. It,
1: well, it, it, we got enough
0: people <laughs> in the circle where one of us
1: is gonna get us there. But anyways, yeah. look, let's let's end on a more lighthearted note. We got a little deep there. So yeah, I yep, compiled yep. some questions for you. All okay. right. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to pay a little homage to some of the other podcasts I've been involved in on NARC. We used to have like a trivia section. This isn't quite trivia, but, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a little on the lines of that. Um, I'll also pay homage to um, Dollar Dorks. And uh, from this point on, once a week, I'm going to sell an item from your collection. So we'll go ahead and do that. But anyway, so this is what, this is what I'm going to do for NARC. Um, so question number one. Did you own a pair of underoos? And if so, which one?
0: Or did you yes. wear underoos? Did I you wear underoos? A, yeah, I one. wore underoos. And I have a picture of me in my front yard in my Spider-Man underoos. And I remember vividly... Taking the picture and showing my mother, and she was yelling at me because I was outside in my underwear. And I was like, "No, mom, they're my underroo." I thought that was like a costume. You're
1: right. <laughs> well, they were designed
0: yes. like it, though.
1: They were. I mean, it, you especially the Superman. Uh, I had two pairs. I had Yoda and I had Superman, and um, I never wore the, the underwear outside that I can remember. But <laughs> um, I do have. I believe it's either my kindergarten or first grade picture. Um, I'm wearing the Superman shirt. And it actually came back to me today. I must have knew it, but I was trying to think of some questions to ask you because I wanted I knew we were probably gonna get a little deep in this and I kinda wanted to end on a lighthearted note. And so this question came to mind. And yes, I will dig it up and I will post it and then you can all see me in my uh, I will do the same thing underwear uh, underrous shirt I think I may underwear have...
0: I mean I'm sure I'm wearing them but they're underpants I think I may have posted that picture on Twitter years and years ago cuz I stumbled upon it and was I was cracking up but yes I, I did wear I had Spider-Man I also had Superman as well those are the only two that I remember is Spider-Man I was a big Superman fan I have another picture oh, of Superman, my father holding best. me up with my arms out and I had my my Superman shirt on and my mom had made me a cape and I'm like flying in the picture. It's a really cool picture. So I'll see if I can find that one too. I used to just get a towel and tie it around my neck, and that would be <laughs> my
1: cape. I found a red towel in the house, and uh, I would sneak, you know, kind of keep it in my room. And That's great. That would be my cape. All right. So, question number two <clears throat> who's, the more, uh, who's the more annoying sidekick, Orco or Snarf?
0: Oh, let's see here Snarf.
1: Snarf and why? I like,
0: I like I like them both, but I guess I've had to pick. Well, but have, but you you know they're designed to be annoying, right? I mean, Snarf would always say his own name, right? Snarf. Snarf. Right? Snarf. Yeah. Yeah. Snarf, snarf. So that that was annoying. Orko never I, called I himself say, Orko. <laughs> so.
1: I, I would say the thing about Orko that I guess would be to his benefit is he every now and then his magic would work. Yeah. Yeah. So every now and then he would do a little trick or something and it would actually work. All right. Um, Okay. So you have to choose one. Okay. Uh, And just choose one. A lightsaber, the sword of omens, or the power sword, the He-Man sword. And if you do take He-Man sword, I mean, you get the functions with all of them, whatever they do. So in He-Man, you can turn yourself into a ripped-up version of Duke. And but you have but you have to wear the speedo though. So okay, and you can make a battle cat. So you have to choose one of those three swords. Which one would you? Without a doubt, a lightsaber. I think I'm gonna go with the sword of omens. You know, you can kind of tuck it in your pants. You know, you put it in your pocket or something, and when it's short, and you know you're lonely, you can just call out for your homies. <laughs> They're gonna come to you. Uh, you could spy on your ex-girlfriend with the sight beyond sight.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can look through the hilt and look really cool. Not the hilt, Absolute. but the little curly things that come up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think I'm going to go with the Sword of Omens on that one. Okay. okay. Well, uh, you do know
0: well, that if we fought and I had a lightsaber, you would lose.
1: I don't think so. I think I would have sight beyond sight, and I would see your battle strategy, and then I would just
0: do it. <laughs> well, the Force is sight beyond sight, isn't it? Yeah, but the Force isn't in the lightsaber, though. Okay. All right, we'll call it a You draw. don't get
1: you don't get the force because of the light. Now if you took E-Man's thing, <laughs> you'd be all ripped up and have a battle cat. And you can actually every now and then he would shoot beans out of it, I think. But no, actually that was Lionel.
0: I can even shoot you with beans. I get to say ho and it will zap you. See, so yeah, I'm telling you, I got the reach. They deflect lightsabers deflect beams. Especially yeah, if in if the prequels.
1: <laughs> Only if you're good.
0: Alright, alright. We're gonna just we'll call that one a draw. Alright, okay. so
1: now this one this one's gonna be a little more in-depth. Okay. So Who's on your Mount Rushmore of Cartoon Villains? So you gotta pick four. Mum
0: Ra. Yes. Because he looks so awesome. Yes, obviously. Skeletor. Uh-huh. Megatron and Cobra.
1: You're I'm not even lying. I'm gonna take a picture of this and send it to you. <laughs> I, you sit, my, my list is Mum Ra, Skeletor, Cobra Commander, and Megatron. That's oh I mean that has gosh. to be the that has, now, I actually did um, like a secondary list because I wanted to do like um, what, what do you call it? Um, honorable mentions list, okay? Now, bear with me on some of these, but they were the big villains in the cartoons, okay? So you had uh-huh. Gargamel. Now, he wasn't, you know, but he was the villain <laughs> yeah. in Smurfs, right? <laughs> yes, a little more kiddish, yes. but Gargamel, he's, he's one. Now, Sepentor, so even though I prefer Cobra Commander in every way, but so, so pintor was pretty cool. Okay? Yep. That's also GI Joe. He he yep. took over he took over uh, Cobra. Uh, Miles Mayhem, that's the guy from yes. Mask. Mask, yeah. Okay. Yep. I I don't really remember him as much. I did love the cartoon. I mean, Me it was too. more about the vehicles, but he was the leader of uh, Venom, which was the their bad guy unit. Um Shredder from team uh, you know, the turtles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a pretty... I think more Turtle fans might replace one of these four. I mean, I could see a lot of them getting replaced by a younger group of people. But uh, now, Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Uh, yes. Right?
0: I was going to say, um, honorable mention for him, for sure.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the last one on my honorable mentions list would be Venger from Dungeons & Dragons. Uh-huh. Yep. So, okay. I always that's thought good. that dude was just... He was just badass. Yeah. Yes.
0: Well, our list, our list is more evidence that uh, we, are, we are connected in some magical way. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to tell you any of these questions ahead of time. I
1: just wanted to, to throw yeah. them out there because I didn't want you to prepare. And that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. It's funny. Okay, so cool. last question. All right? And this is the most serious one. Okay. Okay. What was Willis talking about?
0: What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> depends on what episode okay <laughs> I'm just uh, gonna i guess say he was probably nothing. talking about mr drummond for the most part or uh, I'm, gonna say, I don't know. I, I'm gonna say gibberish i think <laughs> i think
1: he was i don't think he was talking about anything i think he was daydreaming i don't know anyway so there's my questions uh, that was cool maybe in a future episode i'll have five more questions and maybe this will be a running gag or maybe i'll never do it again oh also no. you know what and then i will say i didn't know how to shoehorn this back into the um to the um the Mount Rushmore thing, but I was also thinking of Mount Rushmore of like the second in command and I can only come up with a couple because you know how like each yeah. bad guy it was such a it was like a trope like every cartoon oh, yeah. you had the big bad and there would be like the jealous underling who was always trying to undermine them and then of course Starscream of course <laughs> and then I, and I also put Destro because Destro yeah. was super cool, you know what I mean like really yeah. He should have been leading Cobra. He always knew the rights and the wrongs. Very rarely was he wrong. Cobra Commander always messed it up, and you know Destro had this great plan. He was just a mercenary, though. But
0: still, he—I don't know. But well, I'm I think sure that's other... why. I th- I think where Megatron and Skeletor shine is because they're always like making you know getting mad at their underlings. Yes. Like you know they're always calling them idiots and you buffoon, and it's just hysterical mm-hmm. how mad they would get. <laughs> So those 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 uh, those tropes there really made those two especially shine your knowledge is only overshadowed by your stupidity Starscream. please don't fire I I, I was wrong I shouldn't have done it please don't shoot. <laughs> I surround
1: myself with fools. Even the robots are smarter than you. You furry, flea bitten fool, I'll cover my throne with your hide.
0: I think. Yeah, well, for sure.
1: And, you know, and that was the thing about Starscream. He always thought he was better than he was. And, uh, you know, eventually he paid the ultimate price. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you, uh, It would just, we'll make it quick. Did you watch the reboot of um, Transformers on
0: Netflix? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. You didn't?
1: Oh. No. Okay. All
0: right. Did you? Well, yeah, I did. I mean, you know, it's different. Oh, no. Well, you know what? That's a, that's another episode because that that'll be a big discussion.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, well, we can just leave it at that. I didn't hate it, but okay, we'll just uh, we'll just leave I that right there.
0: Don't know if I hate it, but I did not like it. But well, yeah, all right then. That's a good okay. discussion, I'm sure. All right. Well, we'll put that into uh, reboots that Duke hates. We'll have an
1: episode of just that. And you like? I do. I I enjoyed it. I don't know what to tell you, but
0: okay. Hey, you know. Well, there that's it the way is. It goes. There's our first there episode. Go. How did we do? I don't know. I think we did okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, I, you know, obviously, as we said at the beginning, this isn't going to be indicative of what we do, but hey, right. You know, got to get. We got to get all this. You know, it's like the pilot episode of any show or even early stages of like a new movie franchise. They got you got to get all the character introductions. You got to get all that crap out of the way.
0: So yeah, we had, you gotta get the doing. origin story wedged in there, yeah, and that's we, what this is. Get I guess that our, our origin out of story. Way. This, <laughs> consider
1: this like the the fifth Spider-Man reboot. You gotta see yeah. Uncle Ben die. Uh-huh. You gotta see Batman's parents get shot. I mean, it's just uh-huh. the way it is. They know you got. They know you've seen it already, but they got to do it anyways.
0: This will be the only time though that we do this. So there you right. go. That's the goal. We're not gonna, we're, we're, not gonna we're, keep rehashing it.
1: No, no, no. Unless we <laughs> reboot with a new, or you reboot with a new co-host, and then you'll no.
0: Tell the Never whole story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. And um, I guess, you know, I think everybody say, seems to say that if you if you put a uh, review on iTunes, that it really seems to help. So obviously we'd like to generate some listeners and get the buzz going. So we oh, certainly appreciate that. Uh, but more than that, we hope you enjoyed the show. And we hope that you will look forward to um, many more. So, with that being said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Duke0619. And
1: Chris? Uh, CWR2, and that's just the number, not the word.
0: And my YouTube channel is Retro Nonsense, and uh, we're excited about this. this is uh, I'm super excited. I really am looking forward to this. I'm going to pour my heart into this. I know Chris is, too. Um, and I think it's going to be fun. I do, too. All right, well, we will see you guys, well, you'll hear us next time.